Hi, this is Betsy Beers. I am the executive producer of Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, The Catch, Grey's Anatomy, and a new show that you haven't seen yet, but you may see very, very soon, and I'm not going to tell you very much about that. But this is Shondaland Reveal, the official Shondaland podcast for the night that we like to call Thursday. And Thursday involves two of our favorite shows, and my favorite shows because I can say that because I don't actually write them, I just like them. And today we're going to talk to a cast member from the all-time granddaddy of favorite shows and one of the newest cast members on Grey's Anatomy and one of the coolest people that I have met in a really long time and who actually, I remember from your audition originally too, who of course plays Andrew. And that is Giacomo Gianotti. Is that yes. pronounced Hello. correctly? Yes, perfectly. Gianotti, very That's well. okay. See, I've spent a little time in Italy and yeah. my husband speaks Italian, so therefore he yells at me when I get things wrong. Oh, fantastic. But I'm also really good when I speak Italian drunk because okay. I don't speak Italian very well, but when I get drunk, I get very confident. Of course. And none of the genders or anything matches, uh -huh. but I get really enthusiastic and I use my hands a lot. Of course, the hand gestures are must. Very entertaining. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So that's the one thing I can do It's just I drink too much and my bad Italian <laughs> comes out, which is super awesome to watch. Um, as is our tradition, our fine guest today is wearing a season 13 Grey's yes, Anatomy hat. Yes, of course. We like you guys to be able to picture what Giacomo's wearing and a sort of a plaid it's shirt. It's like a flannelly kind of A flannelly shirt. kind of dude with yeah. a, a white undershirt t-shirt yeah. and some black jeans and some fine looking um, black shoes and some nice leather bands around your wrist. Yes. So um, this means that all of our listeners can actually picture in a beautiful way what he is wearing. Of course, I'm in a Halloween costume because I wear yes. them every, uh, every week before Halloween and I am, today I'm dressed like the Great Pumpkin, which is awkward because it's yeah. hard to move around. It's a, I think you did a great job with the costume. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I, I like paper mache. It's original. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is your first time on the podcast. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how you ended up in Grey's Anatomy and that process? Yeah, it was kind of a crazy ride. I was I was working in Toronto. My family and I immigrated when I was young from Italy to Canada and Toronto. So that's sort of where I was raised and that's where I was getting into acting. And so I've been act acting for there for many years. And I had just uh, got a request for a tape from you guys and for this new role on Grey's Anatomy. And I sent it out, you know, sent it out into the, the universe as you do. and. You know, hope for the best, and then I didn't hear anything for about four months, and uh, <laughs> that's really encouraging when that happens. Isn't yeah, it? as an actor. Well, no, I mean in the sense of like, you know, as an actor, typically You're if you don't hear something in a couple weeks, you can pretty much guarantee that you know they made another choice. So um, it was out of sight and out of mind, and I, here, I, four months later, I find myself uh, driving to Los Angeles with a couple friends from Toronto uh, for my first pilot season, and uh, about halfway in the trip, I get a call from my my management saying that, you know, you guys were interested in, in seeing me back for that role. And I go, wow, this is like so much time later. I, live, I was like, send me those sides, you know what I mean? And let me see. So I had made my friends drive and I was just sort of going over the auditions in, in, in the back seat. And uh, yeah, pretty much as soon as I landed, I, I met with you guys. I uh, had a lovely audition with you guys and uh, you were interested in where I was from and like what I was doing and uh, were very talkative with me. And We were very talkative. Um, so that was great. You made me feel comfortable and then yeah, we tried it again and a couple times and and that was that. I mean, it started just like, as you know, as a sort of guest star, it was a couple episodes. Yep. Um, so I mean, I, my guess was as good as yours into what this role was. <laughs> um, but then you guys just sort of kept bringing me back and I was happy to be back and uh, I've been having a great time ever since. Well, the peoples, they love you. And uh, no, we, I remember you coming in for that audition because we'd seen your tape 
and she and I had both discussed this at great length and it was really, it's always really great when you see a tape of somebody and for those of you who don't really understand how this works exactly, very often what will happen is you read in a distant location, which is when I think we first saw your tape. Well, yeah, yeah. Very often that's what happens. And so Linda Lawyer, genius casting director, sends us tapes that sometimes actors have self-taped or they've taped someplace else, or they've come into Linda's office and we haven't met the actor, we just get to see their work. And we both responded incredibly strongly to your audition. And I remember thinking in the back of my head, wow, if this doesn't work, there's all this other stuff we could actually do with him because we're doing this and this and this and this. Right. And then we ended up meeting you in the office and you gave such a good audition and you also just were really fun to talk to, which is strangely a huge part of it because it's like you just get this feeling in the room. And we, yeah, we were absolutely smitten. So I think it worked out, it just worked out incredibly well that you ended up coming to town too. Because that, yeah. was, that was freaking genius. God bless pilot season, you guys. I hate I, I hate I, damn pilot season, but this was one of the yeah. best things that came out of it. I mean, I, I mean, as an actor to sort of just land and have a job right away was pretty. I was pretty hated by my actor friends. <laughs> for There's a while. nothing better. There's yeah, actually nothing I mean, better. yeah. It was like you just landed here and you just got a job already. Now you said that you're originally from Italy. Yeah. Did you spend a lot of time there as a child? When did you move? I did. I was born there, and around seven, eight years old, my father, my mother, and I moved to Canada, where my mother's originally from. Got it. So you yeah. have you kept up? Obviously, you speak fluent Italian yes. and English, yes. and it's good to keep that, Absolutely. that going. Yeah, my my father would send me to Italy back uh, with my family in the summers, and I've I've been to Italy every every year ever since. What uh, area of Italy are you from? Rome. Oh, from oh. yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's terrible there. I know it's really a horrible place. I just to grow rolled up. my eyes. He did. There was lots of eye rolling, and <laughs> I'm making lots of sarcastic faces too, because that is like one of my favorite places on earth. Because it's just amazing. Do you miss it? I do. I definitely do. There's a lot that's wrong with Italy, uh, which is frustrating at times. A lot of Europe, but if you just look at the people and the history, it's it's a beautiful place. But how much did we actually even tell you about the part when you took the part? And I could sort of tell that they were, <laughs> you know, what we call dummy sides. You know, sides that are meant to make the actor sort of work their muscle, but not necessarily tied into a specific. Right. Uh, story. Right. Um, so, so especially when I started, I had no idea what you guys were, were thinking of me, or where you were wanting to take the story, or, or or what really my function was. I think from a, from an actor's standpoint, it's like when you enter a job, it's always like, what's my function, right? What's what's my purpose? What's mm -hmm. this character's mm -hmm. purpose in the scene and in the episode and in the season, mm -hmm. right? What is my purpose? How do I work? What what am I doing that the other characters don't do, and that's why I'm here, kind mm -hmm. of thing. You know? mm -hmm. So, which I'm still figuring out, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we, um, we famously tell people virtually nothing. Yeah. Shonda, especially on the Shonda shows, I think Pete Nowak and Murder a little bit, Alan Heinberg for The Catch, seems to have a little more backstory sometimes, but what it does, obviously, is it lets story go, they almost sort of follow you, like the mm -hmm. writers look at you, and it, it yeah, helps absolutely. generate who the character is. Yeah, I think Shonda's talked a lot about that, too, at the read-through sometimes, you know, she goes you know, us watching you as a part of our writing process in a sense of, you know, watching you brings out ideas for us in storylines that we want to explore. So, yeah. you know, we might have all these ideas, but then you might show us like how funny you are in this one scene. And then we go, oh no, we should put, you know, make them do comedy or this or that. Or So um, it's definitely a, a partnership for sure between the actors and the writers. It's, I always think about Jim Pickens, who when we first cast Jim Pickens was the chief. Yeah. Relatively early on, we made him do a skills lab in an episode. Oh gosh, it must have been like maybe season three. I mm -hmm. don't remember four. 
and he was really funny. Oh. And I think Shonda knew it, but it was like the first time we went, wait a second. Like the dude is, there were moments of humor, but he's like super funny. Nobody gets bigger laughs at the read-throughs. Oh, than I'm Pick. telling you guys, Jim Pickens, when we do the read-throughs, he stops traffic. Yeah. He's so funny. Everybody's just dying of laughter when, when he speaks. He's just His he, delivery is just... Now, did you, had you had any exposure to doctors, medicine, like what? It, no. I think the first TV gig I ever had was actually on a medical drama in Italy. It was sort of a bad ER ripoff Italian version. <laughs> and I was sort of playing a son of a patient. So that was how I got into this. But other than that, I've, I've never been in contact with any. Did you go watch any surgeries or anything? I did, yeah. That was a, a priority of mine um, right from the get-go. I was actually, funnily enough, before sort of in prep, uh, for the show, I was I was trying to go to hospitals and, and see if I could get access to talk to some surgeons and stuff like that. And they were very um, not nice. Uh, and it was hard to get any access. And they were just, I don't think they believed me. Uh, <laughs> so when I met with Rob Corn early on, he was like, we can get you into surgeries. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I've been trying to do that forever. He's like, you should, why didn't you just Talk to Call, I, like, exactly. well, I didn't know. I didn't know you guys had all this access and stuff. So I immediately, you know, spoke with Linda Klein, and and she got me in a surgery, and I actually went with Jason. Jason George. Yes, Jason George. So we we watched a replacement of an aortic valve in a gentleman's heart. Wow. That was uh, six and a half hours that we stood in that room, and that was apparently a very short surgery. That's bizarre, isn't it? Was it was remarkable to watch. They must have like when you think about how long it takes to do surgery on a regular basis and how often people are standing. Given all these studies about people sitting, they must be in the best health because they never sit. They're always standing over yeah, body cavities, absolutely. digging crap around, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. The biggest surprise was the sort of relaxed nature. There was music. Just like talking about their day, like what's going on? Hey, you, you know, what's the wife and kids are good. And then there's some Bob Marley playing. All right, you better be ready to do the surgery. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh my God, you're playing with this guy's life. <laughs> Why are you so relaxed? But it's because they do it all day. It's their life. You know what I mean? It's, it's their life. It's, and it's exactly what's reflected on Grays, you know, in day in and day out. They're just, you know, one of thousands of surgeries they've done in their life. You exactly. Know, so. so far this season, you've had a fair amount of activity here. Because not only did you get your face beaten to a bloody pulp by uh, yeah, Alex Karev. Yes. What, what, how, was it, how was it with the makeup? Because I remember you kept coming to table reads with the most terrifying... I know, I felt bad. I was like terrifying people. It was like people were like eating and sort of scanning the room with their eyes and then go, oh God. Um, <laughs> did you ever wear it home just to screw no, with your friends? No, I thought it would be funny. I actually asked Rob if I could borrow my prosthetic head to scare people for Halloween. See if I can work that It's not that a bad out. idea. Yeah. Somebody should borrow it if you don't. The eyes were just really gross. The eyes were disgusting, you guys. No, it was intense. I had to be there at like 3.34 in the morning for the prosthetic makeup. And in this episode, that what I love about the episode is this whole storyline with the granny who won't give her yeah. liver up, which is really, really funny to watch. It and is. It's such a twist in that moment, the way the writers built that moment to sort of, you know, Bailey's so down on herself and she thinks she's going to lose this liver. And she knows also that Richard is right because this other girl deserves to have it and all that stuff. But she doesn't like it because she's worked with this old <laughs> woman for so long and she's promised her this liver for so long. But then when, yeah, this, this granny says, no. You know what I mean? I, it's my liver, and I'm going to take it. It's, it's a huge twist in the episode. Which is really um, fun. Yeah, and she was great. I thought her she whole family, really that whole bunch of yeah. people all clapping. Yeah. It was a lot of people in the, in the room. I'm not used to that. There was a ton of, 
How many cookies did you have to eat? I ate a lot of cookies in that episode. I was Guys, really concerned. I, was I concerned want you to know you. how many cookies. Snickerdoodles. So I don't even know what snickerdoodles were. I think it's an American thing. So. Snickerdoodles are a combination of cinnamon like a, sugar yeah, is a like part a of them, and a, yeah, like. there's it, they're usually a little puffier than the ones you were uh -huh. eating. I was I was a little puzzled by the particular shape the snickerdoodles. Yeah, I was very happy at the end of the day when we wrapped to just sort of walk around and offer them to everybody. I bet. Yeah. Uh, because. So you, I was like, I can't eat them anymore. I know, you guys see, eat them. That's I think one of the weirdly the hardest things about the job is that stuff. Yeah. Is any eating scene, the way this works, you guys, is that they do the scene over and over again and they do it from different angles, if you don't know. So sometimes if yeah. you're eating lunch, you are eating lunch it's a, 35, it's a 40 continuity times. nightmare because you're trying to match when you took a bite and how much is consumed of your plate by that point in the scene and then it's like oh god and you try to eat as as little as possible in <laughs> scenes that you have to eat because hey it's hard to talk with food in your mouth and you think acting is glamorous they have to shove food in their gullets all day long <laughs> and it sounds like fun but yikers um what's the worst thing you've ever had to eat did they ever give you something that you really didn't like or do you always get to pick what you want yeah, I mean, especially on Grey's, I, I get a call like a week in advance. <laughs> I have to eat something before the scripts are even ready. They know that I have to eat something. And it's like, okay, well, what would you like, you know, gluten-free bread or is this jam okay? And I'm just like, I'm not picky, guys. Like, whatever. I don't have any allergies. They're like, it's like, whatever you want, you know? Um, okay, are you ready to answer some fan questions? Sure, yeah. Because we have a let's, crap ton of them, dude. Let's do it. Okay, so do my best. don't screw it up, okay? okay? A number of fine people, um, including Claude Pampeo, Elise Krausel, Danny Schofield, and Kara, all wanted to know, do you think DeLuke will ever get back together with Maggie? I don't know. It was it was really circumstantial what happened there. I don't think they communicated properly, and we certainly haven't heard about it since. There was an episode where he became all of a sudden incredibly self-conscious as to um, other people, how other people viewed him because mm -hmm. he was with an attending and that um, it would jeopardize his authenticity and mm -hmm. whether he was getting ahead in his career because he was a good surgeon or because he was dating an attending. Exactly. And he wanted to prove himself on his own. So I think that was sort of a, a decision that was was bittersweet, that he wished he probably didn't have to make. And it came at a, a, at a really bad time because he had just been bugging Maggie that, why are we hiding? This is so frustrating and exhausting. Why can't we just tell people that we're seeing each other? This is so stupid. Um, and she is obviously reluctant because she's very good at compartmentalizing and be like, you know, this is my love life and this is my work life. You know what I mean? And Andrew, I think, is just a little bit more fluid. So she finally comes around to being like, okay, and in a very awkward scene sort of tells everybody <laughs> that we're dating. And then and I'm sort of just like uh, my head of the ground because I know that I have to sort of break up with her at the end of the episode. It was sad. I don't know if they'll get back together. I think they were great together. They just need to figure some things out. Yeah, personally, I, 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 they I, could I agree of, with you, uh, and I also feel like Andrew's in enough of a mess right now. You know, there's enough going on. Yeah. At least he's got Joe is sort of a confidant now to some degree, but or at least on a. I'd some, love it if they became friends and sort of like breached that barrier. At least uh, I think they'll definitely have a moment in the future, hopefully. Okay, so Justin Chambers online wants to know which of the attendings would you like Andrew to have as a mentor. I mean, before the season's finale, I would have said Karev. Um, <laughs> a little awkward right now. <laughs> I think there's something really great to be said about when people um, are given a gift that they don't necessarily want. I think it's something that's come up a lot in film 
uh, the television shows. And I think something that was explored in the last season, which is that although Andrew, he doesn't like working in peds because he had a traumatizing incident where he watched a mother lose oh, right. a child. Um, it's sort of a tough subject for him. So it's a subject that he avoids, but he's actually kind of a natural at it and he's mm -hmm. actually good at it, mm -hmm. which Karev and Arizona point out. So I think it would be interesting to see him sort of delve into that and break that barrier and that fear of peds. And, you know, it's, it's a sad, it's, you know, losing children on the daily is, is not something that is easy on anybody. But I think for, for, for people, for his superiors to notice that he's got a knack for it, and I think for him to pursue it would be interesting. Also, Monica at the Pompeii Method had commented on the fact that she loved the relationship between Andrew and Arizona. Yeah, and so yeah, so so to answer actually answer your question, um, with them <laughs> leaving with them living together, I think not only is a, is a great friend, but I think uh, career wise could be a really Arizona could be a really great mentor for yeah. him as well. Yeah, totally. Lauren at Camilla. Lauren. Let's Cam take that again. <laughs> Lauren at Camilla's JCap. Um, did you watch Grey's before you became Dr. Andrew DeLuca? Um, when I was in my late years of high school, all, I remember all the girls were watching it. And so we would, you know, watch it when we're at people's friends' house and stuff. I think I watched the first couple seasons, but not, not any more than that. In the olden days, one of the things they used to say was if you wanted to date somebody, what you did is you would just watch a couple of episodes as a guy and then tell the girl that you watched a couple of episodes. And then that Hilarious. usually, oh that God. could help seal the deal, yes. which I thought was always really funny. Because then the girl could tell all the girlfriends, guys, he watches Grey's Anatomy. He's so like, sensitive. He's, he's the catch. He's so sensitive. It's he's unbelievable. So what a sensitive <laughs> man. Tash at, at Hummus for Hale wants to know. I love Hummus. Um, one word to describe DeLuca this season. I guess rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Um, everything physically and just his place in the hospital um doesn't really have a lot of allies if any maybe arizona and he's starting to build an ally in, in joe it's pretty much the only people he has really to talk to yeah um, it's pretty isolated he's isolated he's kind of an outcast you know people talking behind his back and things um so i think it's it's a challenge, but he's, he's I, from what I've discovered and sort of planned, is he's very focused and he's very um, committed to what he's doing. So I think he's just sort of using work and his career to sort of keep his sanity mm -hmm. together and just mm -hmm. delving in. Fifi at Oakley, Oakley's Chris wants to know, if you weren't playing DeLuca, who would you like to play on Grey's? I mean, we were talking about it before, but I mean, Pick uh, is amazing. He's so funny. I think he's that's the best. such yeah. a great role. Especially now, he's like, they always have him as this mole who's like trying to find secrets in the hospital. It's so <laughs> funny. You know what I mean? Sneaking up on people and like, he's dropping. The chief always yeah. getting crappy information. Too. Yeah. It's like he he's just got so all the useless funny. information to points to, which is really, really funny. that's a really, really great part. <laughs> I yeah. totally agree with you. I think that's really, really funny. Um, Hannah A. at H. Kimberly 13 wants to know, do you think you'd be more prepared in a medical situation now because of Gray's? Um, people say that play a doctor that if somebody you know you're in a restaurant or an airplane and someone's like, is there a doctor that maybe your hand like kind of darts up a little bit then you put it back down my mind wouldn't even go up I wouldn't even. <laughs> there's no way oh my god the responsibility is too great I could never be a doctor it's it's crazy I have so much respect for them yeah I think it's it's pretty uh pretty hardcore so Fernanda Kepner um mm -hmm. at Dr. Med USA wants to know, what was the hardest scene to film so far since you've been shooting the show? It was, it was tough breaking up with Maggie. That was um, Dr. Pierce. Mm -hmm. That was a tough scene. Some of the surgery, surgeries are really intricate, for sure. If we're talking like emotionally hard, then, you know, Dr. Pierce, but 
um, mentally hard when we have the OR scenes and there's a lot going on and you know we're losing somebody and there's a lot of dialogue. Those can get very difficult. It's hard. Are you glad you're wearing be, a mask? You know, really fast. Because the mask sometimes mm -hmm. comes in handy. I think. Yes. You can take a line again really quickly and nobody knows. It's We always said very early on in the show, and, and people's dialogue can change mysteriously if they need to. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. We can rewrite the entire scene. <laughs> nobody will know. This is my question. Nobody asked this question yet. Okay. I'm just sticking a question in here, too. Um, did, how hard was it for you to learn the physical hand aspect of surgery? Or as I like to call it tossing salad. Tossing salad and rubbing the cat's belly. Linda Klein's amazing. And she's our medical professional on the show. Uh, my first surgery was an absolute disaster. Um, <laughs> it was just constantly Linda going, cut, Giacomo, what are you doing? And, you know, as all these just rules that I just didn't know about, about holding instruments, um, you know, any kind of a clamp or a scissor has to be held with your, your thumb and your ring finger, which seems unnatural. Think about how you would grab a pair of scissors. It's not with your thumb and your ring finger. It's Really um, but, you know, things like that, and when you're in the OR, just keeping everything clean and, and sanitary, your hands can't drop below your waist, all these kinds of things. These little rules that now are second nature, but in the beginning were sort of tough to always yeah, remind us. Um, Shay Shay Fantastica mm -hmm. at Shazam Ramonia wants to know, if you were not an actor, what do you think you would be doing? I like helping people. I like a, a lot of nonprofits that I work with that I'd, mm -hmm. I'd probably get into doing that. Yeah. Grace Podcast also asked you, you're involved in some great causes, so yeah. how did you end up getting involved? Yeah, I was doing some, some work with homeless in Toronto before I left, and so when I came here and I kind of got my feet on the ground and got settled with you guys, I was like, okay, I have some free time now, you know, I'd like to kind of get back into that. And actually, Jerrica, who plays Edwards on the show, she recommended me this, this place called My Friend's Place, uh, which is at Hollywood and Bronson here in, in L.A., and they work with homeless youth. They're a drop-in center, not a shelter. They have all kinds of resources uh, for the homeless youth here in L.A., which is a huge problem. If you walk anywhere in L.A., they're everywhere. So I got involved with them, and they're just an incredible organization. They do so much, uh, not just on a daily basis, like, you know, feeding and clothing, mm -hmm. but talking about the future and trying to get them employment and mm -hmm. trying to get their kids educated and, and you know, medical care for them. So, um, so that's been a big deal and a big part of what I do here in L.A. And last year, um, we did this uh, Tough Mudder, which, if you guys don't know, it's sort of like an obstacle course in the middle of the desert with lots of mud and, uh, and stuff. And uh, Gray's put together a team, and uh, Martin, Jason George, Camilla, and Joe Adler from the show came out, as well as a ton of crew members. And we ran, and we raised uh, $15,000 for them. And, That's amazing. Um, yeah. And you've also climbed Everest, right? I did. Yeah. That was last, uh, yeah, this summer. I got an opportunity to go do that, and that was to raise money for uh, the earthquake victims in Nepal, which was where Everest is. So what's next, do you think? Um, yeah, unfortunately, my, you know, hometown got hit this uh, this year in Italy, yeah. which was which is terrible, and uh, I just happened to have a hole in my schedule which was a godsend, and so I was lucky enough to go and uh, with this group, All Hands Volunteers, mm -hmm. which is the same ones from Everest. And so we went to assess the situation. They were super on top of it, you know, had all the help they needed, so we were just getting in the way at that point. So mm -hmm. we did our assessment and we left, but we sort of, before leaving, made a partnership with some of the local authorities and That's they great. needed things, you know, that we could reach out. But, uh, yeah, and, you know, Hurricane Matthew, it's just, there's this never-ending. Boy, there's a lot to pick there's from. There's never-ending. The problem is that so many of these things, they, they, they don't get the attention because... 
they can't even get the word out before another disaster has hit somewhere else and then takes all the media attention away. So it's just, it's an ongoing problem that there's no really, uh, you know, solution to because natural disasters are just happening in a higher frequency than they ever have been before. Yeah, natural and then the non-natural. Mother Earth is clearly very at, mad with us. I can understand why. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Do not think we've been good campers. <laughs> no. Literally. I don't yeah. think we've been good campers. Finally, Camilla iNews wants to know, do you still play The Rise of Tomb Raider? Yes, I'm a huge closeted gamer. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't tell too many people about that, but I love me some video games. Yeah, I got one in my trailer. See? Okay. Yeah. The things that we didn't know. Yeah. See? You climb Everest for charity, but you still occasionally play video games. If I got some time. I love that. It's, it's very therapeutic. Well... Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate you coming by and spending some time with me on your day off, which if I were you, I mean, you're probably would be doing some actual good work for somebody as opposed to sitting <laughs> in my office, but well, thank you for having you've me. done a good work for the fans, which is good too. So yeah. thank you so much for doing this. Next time on Grey's Anatomy, uh, Roar is the name of the episode and um, a familiar face will return to Grey Sloan. Who could that be? I'm not saying. You know I won't say because I'm not allowed to say anything anyway. And that's Thursday, October 27th at 8 o'clock on ABC. And next time on How to Get Away with Murder, uh, the episode is called Is Someone Really Dead? Well, in the case of How to Get Away with Murder, usually they are. So, because it's called How to Get Away with Murder, you guys. So. Murder word is key. The murder word <laughs> tends to be key and is often associated with dead, I think. Um, that, of course, is Thursday, October 27th at 10 o'clock on ABC. And thanks again to EW.com for posting an exclusive first listen of this podcast every other Thursday night. Please subscribe to the podcast at iTunes.com backslash Shondaland, where each new podcast episode will be available every other Friday night. And don't forget, if you miss an episode, you can get caught up or rewatch. You could rewatch, you guys, on ABC.com or the ABC app. And we will be back in two weeks with another new Shondaland Revealed podcast, Stay tuned, sit tight, have a great couple of weeks, and I will be back soon. Stay safe. Bye-bye.